you know the vibes welcome to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 i am myself mo mootsi alongside me as always the one the only mr bj armstrong you know mo i should have a i should have a you know the vibes when the celtics win and the celtics lose <laughs> but good because when the celtics win it just sounds better but maybe it just sounds better in my headphones you know it, 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 needs, it, it needs to better. keep winning it needs to keep winning but i'm trying to bring the energy you know it's 6 30 a.m for me 11 30 a.m for you right or p.m sorry. 10 30 10 30 oh 10 30 easy 10 30 man yeah. that's still early man that's the night is still young friday night okay. in LA. i gotta bring the energy though keep you going so okay two great games two great games today um first and foremost the Boston Celtics won. Finally. Well, I mean, they won the last game, but you know, every game is not guaranteed with these guys. They won 114 to 102 against the Sixers. And then we saw the Nuggets and the Suns go up against each other in Phoenix, which we'll talk about later on in the show. So let's talk about this Celtics game. First and foremost, a very wholesome moment before the game, MB lifting his MVP trophy the Michael Jordan MVP trophy, which does look a little bit like a lampshade now. Um, I like the old MVP trophy, but they got a new one. They got a fancy new one. Um, But he had a great moment. You know, his son came out and his parents were there. So very, very wholesome. Congratulations to uh, Joel Embiid, who did put up 30 points and 13 rebounds in 39 minutes, still playing on a bad knee. However, the rest of the team, however, the rest of the team, in particular, his two co-stars. You know, if you've got a big three, all three of you got to show up in the playoffs. You can't have one guy who's playing on basically one leg, overcome with emotion after winning the MVP, putting up a dominant display, and then the other two guys. Disgraceful performances. James Harden. 16 points. He went 2 of 7 from behind the arc, 3 of 14 from the field. And... um for, for a long while there, he was on nine points. He scored a, a couple buckets late in the game to kind of get into double figures. But Tyrese Maxey, 13 points, three of nine from behind the arc, four of 16 from the field. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention with James Harden was five turnovers. Now, this is a guy who after game one where he dropped 45 points, everyone's saying he's back. Well, he's not back. He went missing. So that was a big disappointment for Philly. Um, but on the other hand, the Celtics, they got it done. 27 points for Tatum, 23 for Brown, 17 for Big Al, who was a little bit annoyed in this game as people questioned his three-point shooting ability and he responded with five of seven attempts from behind the arc, knocking down. Derek White had 13, Marcus Mudd 15, so all five stars in double figures. And Malcolm Brogdon came off the bench for a very inefficient, but still okay, 15 points. BJ, biggest takeaways from this one. Well, again, I mean, the starters of the Celtics, I mean, that, that's a pretty good starting lineup. And then you have Rob Williams, who gives them a defensive presence. You know, Grant Williams didn't score tonight, I don't think. However, you know, I... I, I he again, did the P.J. I like Tucker. I, I like it when he plays, because you, you got to have depth. And so now, you know, Rob Williams, Grant Williams, you know, Brogdon, that, that's a solid eight. I mean, well, that, those are a solid eight. We call you know, it the, the uh and we call it the PJ Tucker when you play um extended minutes. Oh, is that what score. you call it? Well, it used okay. to be the Tony well, Snell, you know but now it's the PJ Tucker. Even though PJ hit three but, threes tonight because they were literally leaving yeah. him wide open. So I, I I like what I I like 
what I saw tonight from the Celtics. I mean, I, I told you this yesterday. I know I made you nervous. I think this mm-hmm. team, the Celtics, they they came out again and they are a resilient group. And I like it when they play with this level of focus. I thought they played a great game on the road. And I thought they displayed a championship level mentality by knowing that they have to win on the road if they're going to win the final game of the season. So I thought this was a great step. I thought they were prepared. They look ready. They look like they were focused, you know, as, as you know, you know, you guys like to say they were locked in tonight and a nice win, nice win. It'd be nice if they can get one, they did it mission accomplished, but now they got an opportunity to get two. and let's see if they can come out and take care of business and, and really, you know, get game four. I think if they get this next one, I think it's really going to, I think it will solidify the put that they are the better team during the series, but I think it's going to be a big task because I know Philadelphia, you know, they're going to have to change some things, especially the way they play, because they have to get two or more of those guys involved, right? Joel Embiid is going to get his, but Maxi or Harden seem to not, they don't look like they, they can get going. It doesn't look like they, they can get enough space or they're playing with the correct flow to really have an impact well, on the game. There's not much space. Um there's not much flow, should I say, rather, because most of the Sixers' offense is largely, we're going to give the ball to Embiid, we're going to try and clear out, and the big fella is going to go to work. There's a different pace as to what we saw in game one. We did see tonight, you know, DeAnthony Melton made contributions. Like I said, PJ Tucker hit some threes. George Niang, uh, he added 10 points. Uh, Tobias Harris also a disappointing game. But essentially, if you're not a catch-and-shoot player, it's very difficult to get going when you've got a dominant force like Embiid on the court who takes up such... A large amount of possessions to go out and do what he does. And I'm not criticizing the big fella, you know, 11 or 12 from the free throw line, nine or 19 from the field. He was dominant as always, but it is difficult for a player like Maxi who relies on pace and James Harden, who's a lot of self-creation. Uh, what I'm surprised we don't see more of is Harden and MB screen roll kind of actions. Um, I thought we'd be seeing a lot more of them or, or even MB and Maxi screen roll actions. We, we didn't see a lot of them, but credit to Joe Mazzula in this one, because defensively, he gave Embiid so many different looks. He gave him so many different defenders. They started with Al Horford on him. Then they put Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, even Jalen Brown got some time guarding him. They were trying to double him, but they were trying to throw the double teams in at awkward times so that he couldn't get rhythm, even though he managed to still put up 30 points. Um, but throwing all different types of defenses at him, Celtics even went to a zone for a little bit. Um, it, it was a great game plan. A uh, bit scary as Robert Williams crashed into the Celtics bench and looks like he really hurt his wrist. Um, Jason Tatum crashed into some fans, hurt his leg, and Grant Williams' face got accidentally crushed into the ground by Joel Embiid, who was falling, as always, um, after a so-called foul, which was not a foul, as always, when it's against Joel Embiid. So hopefully those guys are okay. They can get iced up and get ready for the next one. Um, how are you feeling about this? Because Philly took the home court advantage, but now the Celtics have regained it by winning game one on the road. Do you think that the Celtics will now win the next two, kind of close it out? Or do you think they'll start to be unserious once more and um, it will become a longer series? Well, you know, Philadelphia is a good team. So I think they're going to come out and play with a sense of desperation. Mo. And you know how that is when you are facing a team and their back up is against the wall. You know, they didn't get to this point by just laying down in the fate when they face adversity. So I expect this to be a very tough game. I think Doc Rivers knows he's got to go back to the drawing board. They're going to have to figure out how to incorporate Maxie or James Harden 
to really be impactful during the course of the game. I mean, those guys, you know, they, they really were, you know, they were not contributors in the sense of what we've come to expect from them, especially after game one's performance by James Harden, right? We know he's capable of getting 40. However, you know, both of those guys don't seem to be able to get into a flow. So they're going to have to figure out something. They're going to need contributions from not only Maxie and Harden, but Tobias Harris as well. I think, you know, he's going to have to figure out how to get himself involved and they're going to have to get out there and play a different brand of basketball. I don't think you can have a steady diet of just one player being featured, especially in their half half court offense. And you can see the Celtics are prepared for that. You know, they are giving him different looks. They're not allowing him, even though he had 30 points, I thought they did an excellent job of being very disruptive in the half court offense. And, you know, they, 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 you know, they just gave them different looks. I mean, they, they, they went a little zone. They went with different guys, different matchups. They were physical with him. And then they tried to exploit that by getting stops and getting out on a transition. And you can see, I mean, they had double figures by all of their starters tonight. Al Horford, again, and he's very timely in the shots he makes. Shot the ball extremely well from three, from the three point line. So that's going to, that, you know, they just give those guys credit. I mean, the Celtics, that was a well-coached game by him, by Coach Missoula. But more importantly, those guys came out there and executed the, the game plan beautifully. And the Sixers are going to have to figure out how to get someone else to be impactful, along with Joel Embiid, you know, hoping that he can come back and duplicate what he did. But one of those other guys are going to have to step up. I think, I think a couple more of those guys are going to have to step up if they're going to tie this series up 2-2. Well, one thing I did want to mention, you know, we talked a lot previously this season about Brook Lopez's evolution of his game. I've got to show some love for Big Al because he went five from seven from downtown tonight. And his evolution as a three-point scorer throughout his career is really something special. And they don't win the game tonight without Al Horford. You know, the minutes right. he was off the court, they, did, they didn't struggle, but it was a lot harder to contain Embiid when he wasn't there. Um, but let's move on to the next game because we saw, you know, two huge performances. Devin Booker, 47 points, and Kevin Durant, 39 points, as the Phoenix Suns took a 121 to 114 win at home over the Denver Nuggets. BJ, this was simply amazing for Devin Booker, right? He went 20 of 25 from the field. He um uh, he, he only took how many free throws? He, he he took two free throws. So he scored 45 points. I think he might have been the first player ever to score 45 points without attempting a free throw. Um, I think the most before that might have been Dirk with 24. Um, um, no, sorry, not Dirk with 24. What am I talking about? This is how you know it's 6.30 in the morning. Uh, all the stats that I've been reading have all just jumbled up in my head. Um, but anyway, it's a historic performance, right? Devin Booker do, doing his right. thing. Um, and Kevin Durant do it, doing his thing as well, 39 points. But what stood out as well was they combined for 17 assists. They had uh, 9 and 8, respectively. So... They basically generated 80-something points with their scoring and then another 20, 30 points. So basically every single point Phoenix scored was almost generated by those two guys. Is this sustainable? Are they going to be able to do it in game four? I, I think, Mo, you, that's a great choice of words. Is this, is this sustainable? Now, they did it once, and then you said, well, we know they're capable of doing it. But, Mo, as this series goes on, you know, when you're playing 43 you know, Devin Booker played literally 42 minutes. 42. And KD and got Kevin 43. Durant and KD got 43, almost 44 minutes. 
Now, that, those are a lot of minutes, Mo. And mm-hmm. this is game three. And they're going to need superhuman performances every night for them to win. Just to, you know, and, and it's not like it, it's not like they won by like 25 points. I mean, Mo, that Denver was right in this game right to the to, to the end. Yep. So. I, I don't know. I don't think so. However, I want to highlight. I mean, Kevin Durant was phenomenal. 39 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. And then Devin Booker. Wow. I mean, it's one of those performances, you know, 20 for 25 from the field, 47 points, six rebounds and nine assists. Mo, I don't there wasn't another player in double figures. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's how lopsided. This offensive. Well, well, should I tell you what made me love? Richard Jefferson said something on the podcast, right? So I think like JJ Reddick was talking about how good Booker and Durant was. And then Richard Jefferson goes, Mm -hmm. well, it's not just those two guys. Terrence Ross had five points. And then I think he was trying to emphasize more guys getting minutes off the bench. Like to be fair, TJ Warren did hit some big shots down the stretch. And Jock Mm -hmm. Landale had a fantastic game, nine rebounds. Mm -hmm. He brought defensive intensity. He brought rebounding on the offensive glass and a defensive glass. And I think Monty Williams did a great job of... Because Phoenix have a lot of guys that are either offensive guys like TJ Warren and Terrence Ross or defensive guys like Biombo and Shamit. And he did mm-hmm, a good job mm-hmm. of mixing it up so that the rotation players, they weren't too lopsided when they were mixing the I agree. stars with the reserve players. So credit to Coach Monty Williams with that. DeAndre Ayton, at some point he was getting booed by the fans. He finished with four points, nine rebounds, Um and obviously the Joker on the other side dropped a triple double 30, 17, and seven, 17 and 17. Sometimes I read Jokic's stat line and it just doesn't make sense. 17 assists, 17 rebounds, and 30 points. That's unreal. Mm. Um, DeAndre yeah. and down the stretch, which is what this what stood out to me. Um, in the fourth quarter, about five minutes left, DeAndre and missed a putback dunk, got the ball stripped off him, went down the court on the other end, got the rebound, then had the rebound stolen out of his hands. And Monty Williams said that was enough and put Landale back into the game. DeAndre Ayan promised us toughness after the game. One loss. I'm still waiting for that toughness to arrive. If they want to win game four, it can't just be Booker and Durant doing everything. This is a former number one draft pick. At some point, he's got to step up. Well, you you would think, Mo. I mean, you know, he's been, you know, he's he's been outplayed. There's no doubt about it. But, you, you know, the Joker outplays everyone. But they need, you know, DeAndre Ayton come up, step up, and play, and play, you know, 20 points, 15, 16 rebounds to offset what Joker's doing. I mean, Joker is clearly dominating the position. You know, Mo, I, I said it after game, I think it was game one. They can't just be dominated, okay, by Jamal Murray. And Jokic, they they have to they have to provide some level of resistance at those positions. I'm not saying they got to outplay them, but you got to provide some resistance at the position. And when Joker dominates, you know Phoenix should be they should feel lucky to have won this game, and they needed the slack to be taken up by you know Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and they certainly did that. I mean they were a one two punch, but you can see that those guys are. Phenomenal on the offensive end. However, Mo, if it's one thing that's that you're, you're seeing that you can see with the Phoenix Suns is they're lacking depth, and you got to have that depth. And they're going to need someone else to step up because that's a lot to shoulder. That's a lot 
of responsibility for those two guys. And I don't know if they can do that for another three games, but they're going to have to do it. Right. You can't talk about what you don't have. You got to go with what you have. So, you know, if they're going to win, they're going to need those guys to come out and have those levels of effort. And Mo, I, I think you said it at the beginning, I don't think it's sustainable, but great job tonight. Yep. Got them a, a win that they desperately needed. And now they're still alive uh, going into game four. Yeah, and and you know the the score was one twenty one to one fourteen, but really that was just because of free throws at the end. It was very close going down the wire. Michael Porter Jr. had a great game, six of ten from behind the arc. He was automatic, and he pulled down twelve boards. But when you look at the three point shooting of Denver, zero from three for Aaron Gordon, zero from two from KCP, one of six from Jamal Murray, one of three from Bruce Brown, one of three from Jeff Green. If any of those guys hit one or two more shots, we're talking about a completely mm-hmm. different series at this point. So right. that's that. Uh, let's look ahead to tonight. We've got an early tip-off. The Knicks and the Ooh. Heat down in Miami. Ooh. It's Formula One weekend. So um, no Tom Thibodeau is going to be hoping that his Knicks players aren't enjoying the festivities with all the celebrities and Instagram models that are down there for the weekend uh, trying to secure the bag. So what are you thinking ahead of this one? Because I, I think Jimmy Butler, you saw him after game two just smiling and nodding his head like, I, I think we're up for a historical performance today in this one. He's had the time to rest. He's at home. He smells blood in the water because the Knicks, speaking of Phoenix barely winning tonight, the Knicks barely won game two, and that was without Jimmy playing. What are you expecting from this one? Well, you know, I'm I'm expecting a very competitive game. You know, I know there's a lot of anticipation and da-da-da, da-da-da. You know, the fact remains, this series is 1-1, okay? It's 1-1. Give Miami credit. They came in. They put together two really good games. One game, they won in, in one game in particular in game two. They had an opportunity to win without their best player, Jimmy Butler. So I am I concerned if I'm the Knicks? Absolutely. But that was the first game back in this series for Julius Randle. So I expect him to be a little better or, or you know, begin to trust his ankle, so forth and so on. You know, everyone's a little banged up. You know, Jimmy Butler's banged up, um, as we know. And he should be back to himself, causing havoc on both ends of the court. But I expect a very highly competitive game. I expect a game that's going to be very physical. And you know what, Mo? The Knicks have to get one game down there to extend the series, Mm -hmm. right, to regain home court. And I expect them to come out and give the effort necessary. Now, can they make shots? Can they you know, put, put together 48, a 48 minute game. And that's what I'm looking to see. I, I don't, you know, Jimmy Butler, look, I know what he's capable of doing Mo, but again, it's not like they have the depth as well. I mean, this is not a deep team talking about the Miami heat and mm-hmm. a player is, is capable of not having one of those, you know, superhuman efforts. Cause that's what they're going to need. Well, they're going to, the Miami Heat are going to need Jimmy Butler, who has done it now. He's done it in the first series. You know, he's had these massive 50-point games and 40-point games, and he's, without question, he's capable of doing that. I just don't know, Mo. You know, at some point, you get tired. And I think if the Knicks can keep the pressure on and keep playing a physical brand of basketball and just keep it, you know, just just be consistent in how they play, I think Mo the Knicks have a good chance to win this series. I really, I, I really do. It's going to be tough. Coach Spolster right now, if he was a player, he would be. You would say he's in a zone because right now he's coaching. He's putting a defense. He's in a coaching. Zone, huh? 
No, man, he's, I mean, this guy, when you say his coach, when you say a coach is pulling all the right strings, I mean, this guy right now, he's hot. He's, he's cooking with fish grease. I mean, he's just, he's, he's hot right now. So, um, but you know, I think it's going to be very competitive. So it's going to be a good game. What I was going to say is I think for the Knicks, they just have to out hustle the heat because they've shot below 30% so far from three, the series, but they are leading in terms of second chance points by a big margin. So they've got to continue to use their double bigs to attack the glass. Um, Because as great as Kevin Love is, he ain't got the young legs of a Mitchell Robinson or a Julius Randle now that he's back from injury or an Obi Toppin. they got to stay aggressive on the glass. they got to stay locked in on defense. And um, I think for the the most part, even if Jimmy is going off, you've just got to contain the other guys. You've got to make sure Duncan Robinson doesn't come into the game and hit a whole bunch of threes. You've got to make sure Gabe Vincent and Max Struess can't go and score like they did in the last one. So I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, but I'm even more interested for the other game tonight. The Lakers and the Warriors, game mm. three. Big mm. win for the Warriors in game two. How do the Lakers adjust to this? Besides just hoping Anthony Davis has a big game. Because we've seen in this playoff so far, if we go and look at the uh, the game log here, right? If I pull it up and go through all of his performances, there's a very clear pattern, unless I'm mistaken, um, in his performances. Because it seems like every time he has a big game, he follows it up with a very, um, what's the word I'd, I'd use? Very disappointing. Mediocre. A very mediocre game. Subpar by his standards. Yes. Uh, let's let's look at the playoffs so far this year, right? He has 22 points and 12 rebounds and seven blocks in the first game. Next game, he scores 30. Then he follows it up with 31 points. Next game has 12. Then he follows up with 31 points again. Next game has 16. Then he has 30 points in game one, follows it up with 11. So there's a trend here happening with Anthony Davis that on the games where you don't get as much rest, he can't perform in the same way that he did before. Now, they've had to travel from Golden State to LA, which isn't a lot of travel, but they have less time off. It's a 20-minute flight. It's it's not even a travel. I'm just saying. You're playing at home. You're sitting in traffic. It's a way, but it's it's not really a travel, right? But the, the point being, game one, he had a lot of rest before game one compared to the Warriors who had to play game seven. Now he's got a lot less rest because he's got two games. He put 44 minutes up, then 33 minutes up. And now he's only had one day of rest between the, the last matchup and the next matchup. So what are you expecting to see in this game uh, from the Lakers perspective? Well, what am I expecting to see? Listen, there's no time for rest. You can rest over the summer. You can do your thing. When I what I know is the the Warriors are going to come out with the fire and the energy because they now have to win. They have to win in L.A. to win the series and they got to figure out and they are prepared to go seven games to do that. Okay, they're prepared to do that and they know they got to win there in L.A. when their first opportunity is to, you know, win. You know, tomorrow night. So I expect them to come out with the, with the energy. Now they they've Jamichael Green gave them a different look. And I'm sure that kind of caught not only the Lakers by surprise, but it caught the viewers by surprise. They that wasn't something I think they were planning to do. I think it was out of necessity because you know it wasn't talked about talked a lot, talked about a lot. Um Kevon Looney was a little, you know, under the weather before yeah. under the weather before game two. Now I don't know what Coach Kerr is going to do, but I certainly know he knows he has an option now, and Jermichael Green is ready to play. And he gives them a different look. 
he's because he's going and the look they're they are expecting from him is to occupy LeBron James on defense. Okay, and so that he can't just really be, you know, a, roaming a, around, a, roaming around out there, being disruptive like he was in Game One. So, Jamichael Green was excellent. That was a terrific, terrific uh, respond, I would say, by him with no time to prepare for. And, really. and especially, he hasn't like been in the rotation a whole bunch in the first round and yeah, you know, but, throughout you know, a series. He, yeah, yeah. But he's a pro. I mean, that's you know, you you need professional guys. And Mo, like you know, you 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 hear us say it all the time. You're looking for those contributions, okay? And Michael Green was certainly one. Now, I think that's going to open up the game for the for the Warriors. I really do because he was shooting his shots. He he didn't have like an exceptional game. He was shooting his shots. He could make that corner three. He can he can do some things when you help out. I mean, he's a different player than Kevon Looney. So that's going to force LeBron James and Anthony Davis to defend differently. And they're going to have to come up with a different plan when he's on the floor. So I'm going to see what they're going to do. I think the Warriors know now what they have to do, and it's just about executing it. And it's, it's always a little more difficult on the road than at home. But I think the Warriors, look, they're, they're championship tested. Well, the other part of it. They can get it done. Is Steph Curry in the last game picked them apart by being more of a playmaker rather than a scorer? We see what he does when he focuses on scoring. Game seven against Sacramento, he drops the 50-piece. But then that game two against the Lakers, he has that 12 assists, and his assist was really what got the Warriors the big lead. If you're the Lakers, you've got to pick your poison. Are you trying to throw double bodies at Steph Curry to get the ball out of his hands and let him be a playmaker, or are you no, going to just I'm live with not, him scoring? I'm, I'm not worried about Steph Curry. What I'm worried about is this. You know, everyone talks about what happened in game seven. Okay, that's great. If Steph Curry's got to get 38 shots to beat me, I'm taking my chances. Yeah. Okay. Mo, 38 shots from your point guard. Okay, Mo. Now, everyone keeps saying he's a point guard. Well, Mo, I don't know if too many point guards are getting up 38 shots. I don't care what era you're, I don't care what era you're looking at. What I do know, Mo, is this. We have to, and I say we, the opposing team has to be able to attack them at their weakest area. That's their interior. Those are the, their interior players. Steph Curry, in, in today's game, the, the game today favors three-point shooting and the guards. You can't defend Steph Curry. Why? You can't touch him. You can't impede his progress. The guy has an exceptional handle, so you can't guard him. The guy's going to get 50 to 75 screens. And you can't expect your bigs to step out, guard the basket, get back in transition. I mean, what are you going to do? The guy, the guy's an incredible shooter. But what you can do, Mo, is dominate the game on the other end. You... you Anthony Davis has to dominate the game. Okay. In the previous series, Sabonis had to show up to the game. You can't have subpar games and then allow their guys to, you know, do what they do. You just, you're going to have to do something to offset what they're going to do. Steph Curry or Clay Thompson is going to have a good game tomorrow. One of them, or if not both of them. And then Jordan Poole is capable. Wiggins is capable, you know, and then if Kevon Looney comes in and dominates the game on the defensive end, Draymond Green certainly is capable of having a floor game. 
to be impactful. He doesn't have to score, but he's also, we know he's going to have to score. Why? Because he's got to keep the defense honest. I mean, he's looking as as, as aggressive as I've seen over like the last two series. <laughs> yeah, since, yeah, literally. Because he knows, he he knows this. The Warriors know this. You can't play Draymond Green and Kevon Looney and have two guys on the floor who are non-threats mm-hmm. on the offensive end. So the the Lakers have already shown that, right? You have to occupy those guys. So, you know, I, I, I just think it's I, – I think you just have to establish what you can do. And the Lake when, – when – if Anthony Davis establishes – He's the best big on the floor. Now that offsets what you know they're going to do. They got the best guards on the floor. I mean, Mo, that, it, to me, it's just, you know, try to take away. Okay, I'm playing against a great player. Okay, let me offset it. How can y'all offset it? Anthony Davis, you got to get 30 plus. Because guess what? Steph or Clay is going to get 30, if not both of them. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, that's just what it is. The bonus for the Lakers, they're back home now. So guys like Reeves and D'Lo and Schroeder, they should play better than they did in game two. But only time's going to tell. Um, PJ, I wish we were on TV for this one because I want to say King Charles is being crowned in England tomorrow as the uh, new king of England. We're going to see if King James can crown the Lakers with a game three win. And then the intro music plays. Um, Anyway, this is the Hoop Genius podcast. Better than TV. So uh, stay rocking with us. Because we're going to be here every day, breaking down the playoffs for you. BJ, am I right in thinking you're going to be at the game tomorrow? Yeah, I will be at the game tomorrow. Ooh. So, Ooh, man, what so I'd give, give to little, be at the game. Uh, well, Mo, yeah, give me a little time to tape, you know? Mm. So I will be at the game tomorrow. Um, and we'll have to figure out how to, how to tape tomorrow. But I will be going to the game tomorrow. At least that's the plan right now. One day. And... Uh, we will yeah, be at the games taping on the court. One day. You heard it here first. <laughs> well, I want to watch the game. I get you, I'll let you tape. You well, I mean, I mean, I'll after the game finishes, we go to the court and then tape uh, on the court. Yeah. You know, I mean? you know uh, yeah. You, you got to rest after the game, you know? No, never. You're not going to rest. It's 7 a.m. You know what I, you know what, you know what I want to do, Mo? You know, you know what my new thing is? What I enjoy doing now is listening to the coaches after the game. Yeah. I, I that, that to me is my favorite part of the game now. I hear it's because I just like to like I because they always t- they always give you where, where do you why listen they did to what they did. Where do you listen to them? Well, I I listen to on the NBA app. That's what I li- that's where oh, I always okay. watch because they the NBA actually streams that live on Twitch, and I was going to be yeah. really surprised oh, yeah. if you knew what Twitch was. So I was I was about to have a heart my computer. I was, I was thinking no, BJ's watching can, Twitch streams after I the can games. Barely. Turn on my <laughs> my iPhone, and as you know, I complain about the iPhone. Well, all this time. is why you can't get your flip phone because you won't have the NBA app on a flip phone. Yeah, I got. So you got to stay phone. with the iPhone. I can get, yeah, I, I got to get the flip phone. Yeah, I'm getting a flip phone, but I watch the the because the coaches they give you insight. They let you know what's going on. You know, like you know, I I, I was really expecting Jonathan Kaminga to maybe be a player that he went to in this series, and instead he went to you know Jermichael Green. And that's I'm Moses like, Moody. Yeah, and he went to Moses Moody. Yes. So we'll see. I, I you know, normally you, you tighten up your bench. I expect the Warriors to come out and try to win this one. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Lakers. I really do. And I could see 
the Warriors, if I were the Warriors, I would come out and try to get up 10 early to force them to play from behind at home. Yeah. Because you know what, Mo? I think the Warrior, I think the Lakers crowd, everyone's coming into the building expecting to win. Yeah. And if you can take the crowd out of the game and put get them on their heels, maybe miss a few shots, get up 10, maybe get up 15. Then Mo, all of a sudden you're in a you're in you're in a dog fight now. He gets you know nervy. I mean? He gets nervy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if I were the if I were the Warriors, that's what I would try to do. Guys, we just have to get up 10. Once we get up 10, it's kind of like you let the other guy know, okay, we're we're we're, we're here to win. And now, Mo, the series is like it's on. And, and, like and, it's and the other thing on, as well you know? is if you can get early leads against the Lakers, say you're up 10 in the first, you could stretch, say you're up 20 by half time, right? The Lakers then have to have a serious thought of, okay, we know AD's got enough in the tank to maybe give us four all-time dominant performances in this series. He Are we going to waste him in the second half? Or are they just going to roll over and just take the loss and prepare for the next one? That's yeah, the question I, I, the Lakers I, I, have to ask yeah. themselves with Andy Davis's injury history, his motor. So it's going to be interesting to find out. And yeah. um, we've got so to here, Here's out. my game plan. Go on. Real quick, here's my game plan. Win the first quarter. Like, if I'm the Warriors... Just win the first quarter. You, you want to win the Just game, BJ? You want to win the, You want to win the game, right? If you want to win the game, win the first half. If you want to win the first half, win the first quarter. Win, win the first quarter, yeah, win the well, first I, possession. I, I, and I, win every possession. I wanted, that. yeah, I'm, I want to win this. I, I want to put the Lakers on their heels. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the first quarter to me is like, like, well, you want to come out there and like, you know, you have one, one of those 26, 13 quarters and they got to call a timeout, you know, just to let them know that, you know, they're going to come back during the course of the game. They're at home and they're going to hit a three or two and they're going to cut the lead, but you just want to let them know if you're not careful, we're going to run you out of the gym. And mm-hmm. Mo, it's nothing worse than playing at home in the playoffs and the crowd is expecting you to win. And the other team is just taking it to you. Okay. And I think that could be a serious problem because Mo, their offense has to get real stagnant. I don't think they'll be playing with that same freedom and flow and Rui will coming in and D'Lo will be shooting threes and Schroeder will be doing the thing with his arm when he hits a three. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, hey, if we're not careful, because these guys, Curry and these guys, I mean, they scored bunches, right? And mm-hmm. so, so I'm going to be looking for that tomorrow. I think it's going to be a good game. Laker Nation will be out in, in full effect. And um, you know what? It should be a good game. But I, I think the, the Warriors are going to come to play for sure. Well, let's wait and see. And we're going to be here breaking it down afterwards. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Subscribe there. And share with your friends. Let them know the NBA playoffs are in full swing. And we're taking you through every single step of the way. Uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Enjoy the games. Nice early tip-off for my people in the UK, Europe. Africa, Middle East, Asia. Nice early one, 8.30 p.m. for us here in the UK. And uh, we'll be back with more tomorrow. Make sure you get buckets.